All right, welcome everybody to the Adam King Show. We have a really amazing show for you today with three great guests on a panel. But before we get into our panel, I want to go over some head headlines here with Rock. Uh, obviously, Rock, uh, the day started and we found out that the Queen has died. I saw you saw that too, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. Who hasn't? It's all over I, everywhere. I'm surprised that they did that. I I didn't. I thought that they were for sure just going to peel her 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 skin back and put it on another lizard. But well, uh, my thought is, Adam, that the queen had to die in order for the king to rise. So welcome to the world of podcast, the Adam King show, Adam King. And also, let's remember that uh, Prince Andrew is uh, now the little bit closer to the throne. Also in uh, news today, NPR slammed Biden for meeting with historians because they were all white. I don't know if you saw this one. (laughs) I didn't see that one. Yeah, NPR. He met with historians to go over some uh, historical files related to the White House, and all of them turned out to be white. NPR ran a story on it, a a hit piece that uh, Biden is uh, meeting with all white historians. it's really a big problem. Too many white people. Gotta, gotta get rid of these white people. Well, they're trying to figure out how to how to erase themselves from history is what they're doing. If they're working for the Biden admin anyway. Exactly. Uh, third in news, Brock. I heard that Trump says his presidential uh, announcement is imminent. The hell is he waiting for? Well, he's done it already. I mean, he he without telling the public and just appearing in all these venues over the last year, he's made it perfectly clear he's running for president again. We know he's running for president. Of course. And then when we look at these, this last uh, rally that he had and the amount of people that were there in support and how, you know, I I read articles of kindness towards the left at at all of their showings there. How could he not win? Well, we he's gonna, he, he's definitely the, the pink elephant in the room, but uh, I'm kind of shocked myself to, that he hasn't announced yet with all this FBI stuff going on. Well, well fourth in the news that I see today, InfoWars is battling for the top spot on Rumble. Alex Jones is winning the Rumble discussion. Rumble is now reaching 78 million views, users a month. With over 100,000 followers, InfoWars is competing for the top spot, listen to this name, against who they're competing with. Sticks Hexen Hammer 666. I don't even want to watch that rumble. Oh, my God. What, what kind of hellish curses are they doing to people there? Jeez, you know, when you, when you have to use the devil in order to try to attract people, you're definitely hitting hard on the wrong side of the block. That's how people are going to stay uh, with the relevance of the queen now, is they're going to go full rogue uh, devil worship. And last in the news that I see, Carrie Lake, when asked if she would be Trump's running mate, snaps at reporter and says, I am running for governor of Arizona. You know, I love this woman, Carrie, and, and I think we all should get behind her. She's just that's the type of leadership we need in the party. I don't even know if it's Trump or DeSantis. I think it might be a combination of Kerry Lake and MGT and, uh, and MJT. Well, you know, it's funny. I was in Arizona for eight years. I currently have an address there. I watched Kerry Lake as she kind of went through her um, television career there and could see how definitely she would be a candidate to run for pretty much any position in the state. But if she's going to run for governor, she's got my vote. I mean, there's no question about it. She's she is, I think, out of the bunch of running for governor, her, Mastriano, these two, we got some unbelievable future leaders. For and, sure, for uh, sure. I'm really excited to see what what happens in Arizona. Um, I think it's amazing that Katie Hobbs still hasn't debate, still declines to debate uh, Carrie, and I would too, man. Carrie's a skull crusher. She's a yeah. uh, She's going to take out our enemies. Sure. So, her news career gave her the ammunition. Exactly. So I, she is the Carrie Lake from the news, the news anchor, right? Of I knew course. it. I of was course. always wondering, you know, but uh, she's got that fire. <laughs> she does. Anyways, on that note, we are going to bring in our guests. 
So I am going to admit them all into the room, say goodbye to Rock. And on our panel today, we have uh, three really amazing people hailing from Ireland, all the way out from the island. John Devine, crypto trading uh, expert. Hey, everyone. We have Mike from Mike's Warriors and the Money with Mike podcast, Michael Barty. How's it going, guys? Glad to be here. Last but not least, New Jersey, New York lawyer, gone thought leader, day trader, stock and crypto investor, Cassandra Fishkin. Hi, everyone. So now that we're all here, I kind of want to direct the first question to, uh, to John, since we all saw the queen croak over today. John, being on the island, what's the vibe? What's going on? You told me earlier your Facebook was blowing up with the funniest memes that i'll put up on screen later but what's yeah a lot of a lot of anti-queen sentiments there um yeah i don't know should i repeat it (laughs) you could yeah go for it uh there was one video shared by someone in a a football game sorry soccer um and and they were singing the song lizzie's in a box in a box lizzie's in a box and i said okay it's a bit disrespectful but it was it was quite funny to hear a crowd of like twenty thousand people shouting that you know i've been to buckingham palace i think it's one of the most offensive places in the entire world around buckingham palace is literally a pillar for every nation that they conquered and every person that they oppressed whose gold and treasures they've stolen so we shouldn't feel bad uh, when the blood of our enemies is spilled. What do you guys think about it? Cassandra, what's your take on the whole death of the queen? I, I think good riddance. I think this probably couldn't be better for the world. I mean, you see how many nations and countries that were under the thumb of the monarchy in recent decades were trying to escape her control anyhow. So I think that this really truly marks a, a, a change and a big shift in global politics. I'm very curious to see what the coming months will come and, you know, Say goodbye to the reptilian queen. I'm only too happy to. Reptilian queen, right. It's <laughs> funny, the whole internet is ablaze with the reptilian talk. Everybody knows that the reptilians are out of the basket, you know, but. Oh, my favorite memes are the ones of Diana waiting at the pearly gates, so. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, it, here's a question for you, Cassandra. What do you think, uh, Charles, did he ever PJ out to Epstein's Island with his brother for a weekend getaway? Yes or no? Probably on his own PJ, so that he wouldn't be caught on right. someone else's flight logs. You know, some 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 of them have a little tact, I would guess. The and Epstein sure party, all, is all of them thought or realized that the flight logs would become this public and so obvious to those of us who are privy or have a clue to what was happening out there in the Caribbean. The invitations to the Epstein's party, you know, like everything is BYOB. Theirs is BYOC. Bring yeah. bring your own children. So, <laughs> bring your own everything. Mike, yeah. what's your take on the queen? What, what did she impact your life at all? Was she a good force or bad force? What, what, what is she to you? I think she just took enough time of everybody else. We need something good to look at, you know. Like we've seen the old hag here and there, and then all her stooges standing by guard there. <laughs> we needed some change going on. You know, guys, I was thinking about it today actually, and um, one of the things about being a monarch and a sovereign is that you have the ability to pardon life and take life. And in looking at the the situation with Diana, you know, a queen and or a king, uh, it's almost guaranteed that they've killed more than just Diana. And uh, and I say good riddance. I think it's time that we, uh, you know, I feel bad people out there on the island like you, John, I mean, how many generations have seen uh, British rule dominate uh, dominate their um, their entire lives? Yeah, which is like it's like seven hundred years or something like that. So, like, that's how many generations is that? Um, I do remember growing growing up having a really like like a default hatred for the English just because of yeah, the history and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we learned about the famine in the textbooks. And hold on, it wasn't a famine. It was actually ethnic cleansing by the English. They mm-hmm. tried to, they, they tried to, like, basically not help. We were in trouble. They didn't help. Starve the They're Irish out of existence. Out Sorry? They tried to starve the Irish out of existence. Pretty much. But actually, it was in a, in a way, logistically speaking, it was a good thing because 
the load of Irish emigrated over to America and Australia. So there's about 50 million Irish Amer- like Irish uh, nationals across the world now because of that as well. So, And John, what do you think is going to be as a result of this in Ireland? Do you feel that Irish people are going to be uh, testing their limits to see what type of new independence they might be able to get against the uh, against the the soon King Charles, or is it or, or do they feel that the the British uh, crown is going to be pushing on them and trying to limit them? I don't know if there's actually going to be any change. Like Charles was, he was he was good friends of of who was that guy. Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, Epstein was one of them. Um, what, Jim will fix it, Jimmy Savile? Oh, that guy, sure. everything all came out when he was, when he was, uh, when he died, everything came out what he did, you know? And then Charles was good friends with him. So I don't know if I even trust Charles at all. Like, uh, like his son, William, now, I, I thought he was actually okay. He probably lead the country better. And I, I do think they need a, a younger, well, do they need a monarch at all? Do they like? That's no. the real do, question that we need to get. Do they do anything except like use money like off the street? What was that, yeah. Mike? He's like seventy. We need someone way younger than Charles. Yeah, totally. Like, well, Liz was in there since June the third, nineteen fifty-three, when my dad was two years old. <laughs> That's how long the Queen has been in in there for. You know, crazy. It actually, it's actually quite crazy when you think about it. And, and really, this family has been there for almost over a thousand years, almost a thousand years. And they have had time to hide their little treasures. And, and you know, when we're talking about, you know, and, and this is a show on crypto and the market, but, you know, it's almost so relevant because the amount of manipulation that these people, that this family has had over the world economy and the banks, uh, these are, uh, these are very interesting times we're getting in. And uh, on, this, on this show, I also wanted to cover some of our, well, obviously this is a business show, we're gonna get into stock, stock tips and stuff like that. And I wanted to cover corruption. Uh, it's almost inevitable that we're gonna have to talk about um, the amount of corruption that uh, is perpetrated through the world through the Commonwealth. And the amount that this family has uh, inflicted through their kind of dark state empire, when we're talking about American deep state, there's none other but the queen. So hail good riddance to the lizard queen and uh, may her tail not grow back this time. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get into stocks now. We're gonna pivot, cause that's the purpose of the show. So I wanna start with you, Mike. What, what are your top picks? What's going down? What do you see happening in the next, uh, uh, this week, short. This coming week, short term, and uh, in 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 the coming month. Uh, I think we're actually going to start recovering a little bit from here, based on the past few days of where the spy is headed. Uh, one of my really top picks right now is going to be for sure AMD. Or um, after the chip news with like the U.S. banning chip sales on Nvidia and AMD, those stocks just like plummeted and finally we can see like a little bottom starting up uh if you want i could start sharing my screen uh let's see oh yeah uh i personally like to find where the bottoms are on like specific stocks this is amd on stockcharts.com if you guys want to check it out and as we can see several times the bottom comes in and it's it's very quick with amd like you see like a quick drop and then it pins right back up until it finally shifts all the way back up and we can see that little pin forming again on amd i mean it looks just like a swing trade it doesn't look like it's, it's a, a swing game. trade i i personally like swing trades i'm more of a swing trader myself um that's definitely something if you're looking for the next few weeks to hold amd would definitely be one of them um another one i got is before you do that, Cassandra, what do you think about that AMD? Would you swing trade that? I know you're trading options right now. Yeah, I've been playing a bunch of options on AMD and actually played some this morning and, you know, hit the win. So um, nice. I'm a fan. I think AMD has a lot of like valuable price movement and there's a huge amount of volume typically um, in that stock in particular and in the options 
sector of it, like in terms of the contract volume movement. So uh, I'm a fan. Okay, what do you got next for us, Mike? Then if you're an option trader, uh, I'd go mostly with the SPY itself. And I like to do the four stages. Uh, um, for the way I define four stages, we got like a stage one, like a bottom forming. Stage two, you get your breakout. And then stage three, you get like your tops and then uh, decline right back down. And I think we're starting to form a bottom on, on the SPY and you can do some call options coming up within the next week. See, I disagree with you. I think we're heading into a collapse till no, at least no, after November. I think it's going to be a downward spiral. And the crypto markets, I really feel, are going to affect, the, affect this heavily. There was a, uh, a tweet here. Let me share this with you. Um, a, uh, a tweet that um, we just had of one of the uh, large Bitcoin holders. Um, let me put this. Yeah, Michael Sawyer, he's getting crushed. Yeah, well, I mean, they're liquidating. Everything that they're doing right now is for uh, liquidation. Strategy. Exactly. Well, rele relevant or not, there was also the government news, the political news that um, the executive order report that came out from the White House regarding uh, proof of work versus proof of stake consensus. And that they're trying to, or they're saying that proof of work is horrendous for the environment, which is obviously what Bitcoin and current Ethereum rely on. And when Ethereum 2.0 is released, which is supposed to be in the, I don't know, the date, dates have been kicked off a, a few times, but I know that there's a merge happening in the coming weeks. And as the 2.0 is supposed to be released maybe sometime around November, my understanding is they're shifting to a proof of state consensus instead. And that's going to uh, make them reduce their electricity use or power use by about like 90 to 95% and make it a much more efficient um, crypto investment. So it may be that Bitcoin's out the window for many reasons, including the supposed environmental wokeism. So I, 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 I feel that I want to throw up this, uh, you guys see the, the quote on the, uh, on the, uh, on the screen here, um, upticks, Sometimes there's a chart that just blows your hair back. In 22 years of doing this, none stand out like this one. Last week, institutional traders bought 8.1 billion worth of put options. They bought less than 1 billion in calls. This is three times more extreme than 2008. And you see here in the chart at the very bottom, last week's uh, panic hedging was three times more extreme than 2008. Mike, with, with that type of, uh, uh, of information, how can you say that things are going to improve? Um, for me, it's short term. Uh, we're, we're, I don't think it's going to recover all the way. It, it would be like a one to two week, um, like two day options on the spy like that. So you're, I wouldn't go long here. There's no way I would ever go long here. You're going really. short long term. You're going short. I'm going like short term. You're doing just swing trading. Right. John, are you playing any stocks at all? Or are you just messing with cryptos? No, not at the moment. I've actually been out of it completely. I'm just um, analyzing it. I, I had a few things come up lately, so I just had to take all my money out of the market. You know, that um, actually was my position too. I, I removed all my cryptos. I, 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 as you all know, you know, we're all part of the same trading groups. I was uh, heavily invested. I had a very nice portfolio spread out across uh, a, a vast a section of cryptos and stocks. I'm still holding on to a few bags of stocks right now. I'm still holding on to ASTR because I've been their fanboy forever. And it's the worst thing that I've done. I'm very upset with ASTR. Brian Kemp is a, is a horrible CEO. And I just don't think space flight is going to go anywhere during the Biden administration. Anything extra like that is, uh, you know, these are the essential workers type of people. Uh, but in crypto, like you, John, I actually pulled all my money out of the market because I just don't see success on the horizon. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'd like to show you guys another um, another screen share really quick. This, uh, there we go. One of the biggest Bitcoin whales with over, crypt, uh, shout out to Crypto Vinco. Um, one of the biggest Bitcoin whales with over 200,000 BTC sent all of their coins to exchanges, meaning they're going to be liquidating. I'm 90% certain this is Michael Saylor's Bitcoin address, and they're planning to sell everything. When he soon sells, expect a bloodbath like we've never seen before. 
uh, looking at the, the crypto, uh, I actually had a dream the other night where I, I feel like I saw this. There was some short-term gains followed by massive, massive dumping. And I think we're imminently away from the dumping. What do you think about that, John? Um, I'm not too sure. Um, to be honest, in, in terms of that last thing you said about the, the, the amount of put options that are there compared to 2008, we also got to remember the massive amount of volume of stock trading since 2008 too. I don't know what level that is, but I'm sure it's over three times. So maybe in perspective terms as a percentage, it's probably not as severe as they said on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think um, it'll be that severe. Um, we'll definitely have like a huge drop, but uh, I, I think we're, people will jump right back in and buy it up again. You believe that yeah, yeah. even with the elections on the horizon? Yeah. Cassandra, Just because there's going to be a, a lot of buyer action doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to cause price to improve or the overall market to improve. I mean, the market, look at charts. The market's been sliding down slowly since last year. It's just, it has poo-poo, you know, but oh, the overall market trend has been downward for quite some time. Yeah, so right. so yeah. it makes, like, the whatever stages collapse or or the next uh downward market trend might look like might be very sharp in fact um so i also have some like questions about the analysis of the 2008 chart or the comparison to the 2008 chart it means we have a lot to look back on right like hindsight is always 2020 so now that we have 2008 to compare to i think that when people are looking at that and you see this volume of options of put options that have come into the market i think it's because people are trying to bet the trend and they're trying to hedge what they believe might be a collapse based on previous market trending like what happened in 2008. So maybe it's a lot of people just following the roadmap that's been laid out and it's not necessarily the true market sentiment. I think that a lot of people are looking for rallies, even small rallies, and they believe that things are going to get better, but they don't really understand like the, the overarching um, economy at play and what's really happening to these companies and why their stock prices are falling and what's going on. So it's not necessarily just about daily action. I think that has a greater in, uh, impact on options and options pricing and less so on day-to-day -day movement on stock prices. So you're bearish on your whole sentiment on the market. Yeah, I feel, I mean, if you just look at the sentiment of the American people, the American people are bearish overall. I mean, we're really, people are hurting in this economy right now and, and there's still recession denial taking place. So how bad does it have to get until we admit that there is a recession, you know, and what's yeah. really affecting people? And of course, we're approaching the heat of political season. So, you know, the economy is wielded as a sword for whoever's in power in some ways. And I, I think that's why the heat is on right now. And uh, so what's your pick? What's your play of the day? Like, what are you doing to make money in these, in these, with these trends? I mean, watching short trends, I'm doing very short trades in the options market, swinging for a few days a week at most, or some um, day trading, watching short-term patterns, 15 minutes to an hour in and out. And honestly, hedging positions by buying calls and puts. I mean, this morning I bought calls on SPY and an hour later I bought puts on SPY and both hit. Nice. And you said you're trading AMD. Are you trading anything else? This morning, I played the QQQ, SPY, AMD, uh, BA, Boeing, um, Lucid, like Lucid. And I think those were the main ones that I kind of uh, had some activity in and was either opening or closing trades in the options market today. John, you're not playing any stocks, are you? Yeah, not right now. No, I was playing some, some options. Um, I, I see. I seen the peak in the market happening at the end of 2020, and I went for like some put options on NIO. Um, I seen it peaked at like what 63 dollars. It came down. It bounced back up. Came down. Came back up again to a, like a local double top, and then I said like once that fails, I go, this is coming down. So yeah, it was. I done the 40 put option when it was at like 61 or something. So you're uh, not within, playing now. You're just watching. Yeah, I'm not playing now at the moment. And I think that that's an important thing that traders need to understand is that uh, not playing and holding on to your money is actually a, a move. It's you know, really watching. hard. It's taken me years to actually get that kind of patience, you know, and it's different for everybody, depending on your mentality and, and what, what, 
like some people are, are really conservative and they won't go for these things. Oh no, too risky. I'm just, I'm too much of a DJ and I, I tend to hop in on things and I, I got FOMO a lot. And like I was doing that for about three years before I, I was like, how many times do I have to lose before I actually learn? Do you, do you remember my game? tonic call, John? The which call? My tonic call. Were you in on that tonic call that I made? Oh yes, I was. I, I got in some of that and I think it went oh. up like about a hundred percent on me. That was and the best I, I ever did. I made thirteen hundred percent in it on a on a trade. I got in a bit later, all right. Yeah, I sold half of them then. When I when I seen it peak, I said, "Here, it's going to correct a little bit." It started to correct. I said, "No, this is decaying. I'm getting rid of it." So the I made a hundred percent on one half and then broke even on the other half. So, so John, yeah. what do you what what are you looking for as as a way that you're going to get back in? Because I know you're a really skilled trader. I've traded with you a lot. Your analytics are impeccable. What are you looking for? Show us something. Well, at the moment, I'm, I'm just looking at the Forex markets and trying to understand that. Uh, I see a lot of repeatable patterns happen there and stuff. And yeah, there's like there's loads of different types of liquidity hunts that happen there that I like to get in on. And yeah, I'm, I'm only actually restarting really to do it. You see, over the last couple of months, I've just been so busy. It's very, very hard to even get a, get computer time. And I've only just set up my new computer anyway. Uh, I was just using off a small laptop and you can't really kind of get the flow of, of, of getting stuff done then, you know, either. So yeah, that's what I've been working on the last few months. So uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm working towards getting, going onto one of those Forex funded accounts mm -hmm. where they, they'll give you like 90% of their profits and like, they'll give you like 20,000 or up to a hundred thousand to play with if you pass their exam i've actually looked into about four different types of accounts some of them charge you monthly fees some of them charge you a small upfront fee of a couple can of hundred dollars can you guide our viewers on some of that research where's uh where are these uh these sites that are giving these deals away yeah i'd love to share them um uh where will i start is there show notes on this so i can send links to uh we could probably figure something out but yeah uh one of, one of the crowds i looked at first was ftmo okay um they're they're quite popular they require you to do a one month uh, exam on a, on a on an account uh to make 10 percent within a month um you can do it within 10 days if if you're if you're good enough uh and and then they have certain specifics of how much drawdown you can have I found a company in London, Audacity Capital. Uh, they do it as well, but I think you have to pay a 99 a month fee for, for that option. Um, there was another one that was very interested in. They don't give you a full exam or you don't have to prove yourself. You just have to like show you know what know what's up. Mm -hmm. And you'll you can pay, I think, $120 to get $12,000 funding, or you can pay $199 to get $25,000 funding. And of course, it goes up by that. You can, you can pay $5,000 to get like fifty grand worth of funding. But uh, yeah, I'm, that's the kind of thing I'm looking into at the moment. Considering I took all my money out and it's like, you know, at my day job, it's just barely covering expenses at the moment. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mike, what about you? Are you playing any cryptos? I know Cass is a big XLM. Got out, I pretty much got out at the same time. I'm like, we're done. I, I, I just pulled out everything. Like, especially once I saw like Celsius going bankrupt, Voyager going bankrupt. I'm like, I'm completely out of these cryptos for now until like they do like a complete 180 and get my trust back on that. See, Cassandra, how am I, how are we how is anybody going to predict that the market is going to rise when all all of us? I mean, you you include. I'd like to see what you're doing, what bags you're holding. But I mean, you have three people right now that have already pulled out, warning the market that the best advice on crypto is to pull out. What, what's your sentiment? I know you're still holding an XLM bag and some other stuff that is tied to silver. What what's your sentiment on crypto right now? Yeah, my sentiment was uh, it given my position, given whatever, yeah, my position that I didn't feel the need to, to back out completely. I had swapped some of my holdings where I'd already suffered some losses and was looking at some other coins that I felt might have a better, might have a better like lifetime and longevity and actually end up having some value and utility. So when I was reorganizing my crypto portfolio, I really was focusing on utility tokens and like- What utility tokens are, uh, are hottest for you right now? Uh, Matic, Link, um, 
those are the two that I think are the, are the, are probably the most popular. Will end up being the most having the most utility because they're going to be cross chain tokens. Um, so I think those were pretty important. I've held on to XLM, XRP, Matic, Link. Um, I actually have kept most of my crypto holdings. I got away from Ethereum. I got away from the major coins. And like I said from the start, um, my interest in crypto was a little more in the direction of proof of stake to begin with. I stayed away from proof of work um, tokens. I like I just kind of identified on my own that they weren't going to have a long lifetime, that there was going to be so much else that would come to the forefront that would be much yeah. more functional crypto. So that's where I've stayed. And um, the other side is looking at cross-border payments. I really believe in like why XRP was created and the impact that it has and what's going on behind the scenes with many countries, institutional banks signing on to the XRP ledger. Um, and XLM is um, sort of in parity to that in a different way for cross-border payments for people. And MoneyGram has partnered with XLM and is like they're on board now for on-ramping right. money. Average person can go to a MoneyGram or have a MoneyGram app and convert any currency into crypto, send it immediately over the Stellar ecosystem or one of the Stellar chains, and then have a person in a completely different country in a completely different currency cash out immediately via MoneyGram. I mean, that's beautiful. That's seamless. That's instantaneous. I know I've waited at times in the past a day for a Bitcoin transaction to complete, sometimes up to hours for Ethereum, depending on how busy the network might be. Um, and otherwise, when I uh, use XLM for payments internationally, it is absolutely instantaneous. So I think you that- You are using XLM for international yeah, payments? Yeah, right. I just think that we're in really early stages of these things and that yeah. governments and, and policy needed to catch up. And I think we're getting close to that time where I don't wanna call them shit coins, but what was what some of the coins that are viewed as altcoins are going to become valuable and useful. And that's what I'm focused on, what will be useful. So you're staying away from all shit coins. Uh, you know, the top 10 uh, charts haven't really changed much. Um, as far as utility tokens, what are your top three? Um, XLM. XLM. And Matic. Lincoln Matic, okay. Any of you guys holding any of those? Or are you guys completely out? No, but uh, I know one guy I'm really close with and he's very, deep into crypto and he's holding a lot of xrp and he he really believes in that one yeah XRP me too. people are freaks man i'm holding xrp and also hedera like hcraft is another one hbar and like a few others that all are kind of complementary in that ecosystem and like a lot of the rumors supposedly about it are that they are going to be precious metal backed um tokens so it's now, going how, to they, how are they going to implement that precious metal backing they're, they're not already backed or they are backed no, that there's so banks are audited, right? Like we have this whole system now where banks are audited and they're supposed to have a certain amount of cash that's like actually on hand for what they claim they're trading, the monies that they're trading with are in their general accounts. And so much like that, these same institutions, um, broker dealers or whomever, these big banks, they're going to have to own and be audited for these precious metals and the precious, the value of the precious metals will then back the value of these tokens. Um, like you look at Russia and some other countries and what's going on, there's a push to move back to a precious metal back standard for currency. That fiat and petrodollar currency has absolutely spiraled out of control, which we see. And that if we have something like precious metals backing our currencies instead, which is what we had, we had a silver standard, we had a gold standard up until Nixon. Um, I think we'd see a major shift in our world, our entire world economies. And I think that some countries would very quickly pivot out of third world economic status and there are the powers that be don't necessarily want that. So I think this also full circle ties back into the death of the queen and the control of the money supply of the whole world and the idea of central banking and centralized control. And this is exactly what crypto is trying to break through is to decentralize the control and the supply of money and the movement of money. And I think that XLM and XRP are absolutely poised to break that wall. So before we uh, move on, that's a that's a great pivot to our next segment. Um, I am just going to quickly screen share. I don't seem to be pulling up, but I am trying to get a list. I have our coin gecko up. I'll switch it to coin gecko. I was going to uh, just list the current market caps uh, for our viewers, so our viewers can see um, the. Uh, 
Are we on? There we go. All right, BTC, 350 billion. Ethereum, 197 billion. That's actually a pretty big, I think that BTC is falling faster than Ethereum. Uh, that's obvious. USDT, USDC. Now here's my biggest prediction with crypto is that the United States government has just brought in an additional 87,000 IRS agents. Um, this is gonna really hit in the beginning of 2023, but these IRS agents are going after crypto. They're well, going- Well, they're not to, hired yet. So there's- They're in the process of hiring them and they're- and right. One of the big focuses is going to be cryptocurrencies. They're going to go after they're going to go after all the might of the crypto with whatever they have, and there's going to be an apocalyptic event with uh, USDC and USDT. It's going to start with Tether. They're going to take out Tether. The goal has always been to completely deflate Tether and sink the economy. Well, and the US Congress is going to outlaw Tether as they they put forward their own state-backed cryptocurrencies. So there's going to be an apocalyptic event that I'm predicting where some sort, it's gonna happen overnight where some sort of congressional hearing or subcommittee is gonna rule that USDT is a, a non-legal entity. Maybe they'll use the Patriot Act or something and say that it challenges US sovereignty uh, or something like this, but it, it, they will try to take out. And then the only thing left is gonna be shit coins. You're not gonna be able to get anything off the system. So that's my prediction. I think that there's, whether or not a lot of people know about it, there's this huge ongoing litigation between the SEC and, and XRP. Right. And, um, For I our think viewers, do you want to tell our viewers a little bit about that? So in case anybody doesn't know? Sure. Basically, the SEC is trying to argue that XRP has been selling its tokens and that the tokens are a security and not a currency. And XRP is arguing that their token is in fact a currency. And so SEC is accusing XRP of illegally selling and trading securities. And that's not, that's, I mean, I don't believe that's the case. And there's a lot of proof to that end. Uh, I think that that lawsuit is actually like maybe this trigger event that you're sort of describing. I think yeah. that, that lawsuit is going to create a precedent for um, defining a security versus a, a crypto token or a cryptocurrency, as it were, and like versus a utility token and these other things. And I think that actual decision is going to become the deciding factor for all these shit coins and all these, you know, basically for the cryptocurrency ecosystem as a whole, in terms of where actual, what is actually a store of value? Where can people actually trade their money for value? And what has potential for growth and long-term use? So I'm really excited to see that because they are, I believe, moving into phases of summary judgment. There's been a lot of discovery. It's something I've been keeping tabs on. They've been going back. Do you have, and any, dates? Do you have any dates on summary judgment? Uh, I should have pulled them up. I wish I did. I know that there is going to be some activity for conference dates in the end of this month and again in October. So people are expecting some sort of a, um, a resolution or that like things are going to be pointing in a certain direction, but I believe by November. So I really think that the resolution on that lawsuit or the activity within that lawsuit, because at any time the SEC could drop it also. So it's the SEC suing XRP. So a lot of proof against the SEC that they've already determined that these are currencies and not securities and they're trying to go back on their word also because of JP Morgan's involvement in the creation of Ethereum and ownership of Ethereum. So it's not really a decentralized currency as it was. As is. So I think that I think actually, Ethereum is the most shady out of all of them to tell you the, the most, the most. And, but I think some of what will shift that is the, the shift to proof of um, stake away from proof of work. That being said, I still think that the event that you're maybe looking for or talking about is going to be related to this XRP lawsuit when we get some real legal clarity on the difference between a utility, a security, and a currency as far as digital, digital money is concerned. On that note, I want to pivot. I want to cover, uh, uh, move back to corruption because you mentioned something uh, prior to the description of the XRP uh, lawsuit the amount of corruption in the US stock market. I know Mike, you and I have spoken at length, Cass of you and I about Nancy Pelosi trades and how she trades with the stock market. Um, before we get into corruption, to set the mood of corruption, I have found the most amazing Greg Reese video about the Federal Reserve that I wanna share with you guys. And um, for all of you who don't know who Greg Reese is, 
happens to be my absolute favorite documentary filmmaker on InfoWars. Check him out on InfoWars.com uh, and BanVideo.com. Greg Reese uh, um, puts together the most uh, um, the, the most uh, I think this is it. I think this is the, the video. So bear with me. Nope, that's not it. Sorry, we're trying to get our camera ones and camera twos and we don't got them. Um, so Greg Reese puts together these videos that are that are really spectacular. He put one together on the Federal Reserve. Uh, band dash Melinda Gates systemic collapse. Uh, I mean, the Federal Reserve itself is just such a great euphemism. It's a privately held central bank that influences and controls our monetary policy that the treasury should. Yeah, this video that I want Most to show you guys documents the... Um, it's just crazy how Congress hasn't already banned Congress itself from trading. Like it should have been like a no-brainer thing to do. I mean, Nancy Pelosi like single-handedly stood in the way of that. The Democrats did propose a bill and she was like, uh, 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 you're not taking away my flow of money. I mean, the it's the there are right. social media accounts. How else is, how else is Nancy Pelosi going to make 150 million in a year while she's on a congressional salary? She's making hundreds of million dollars corrupting California with these backwards business deals where they get federal grants to buy land, resell the land to Diane Feinstein's husband with federal money again and again and again and just keep lying their pockets. I mean, like- It's an endless chain of corruption, you know, and I'm a strong I, supporter that we need to toughen up, you know, for elected officials, we need to toughen up our corruption laws so much that they don't go to jail. Corruption should be punishable by something so extreme that it really prevents them from doing it. On that note, I found the video that I wanna share with you guys on the Federal Reserve, and I wanna play this. Uh, so that we Americans are divided by political party, religion, and social class to keep us from ever figuring out the real cancer in American culture, the cause of nearly every American war and the mother of today's corruption. It's the Federal Reserve, okay? Zero point five percent of the citizens of this country own more assets than the bottom ninety percent. That's all happened over the last ten years since two thousand eight. The Federal Reserve, by the way, that's owned not by the American people, a central bank that's owned by twenty-four prime brokers, being J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley. How does that work? We don't need to audit the Fed. We need to end the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve has usurped, has usurped, has usurped its power and the power of the American people and our elective representatives. And no, they do not have the consent of the governor. We will not comply. We will not submit. And it must be ended. The Federal Reserve banking system introduced the most destructive form of usury the modern world has ever known, a debt-based currency designed to rob and enslave entire nations. The Federal Reserve prints money out of thin air, and this has given the crooks who wield it the power and influence to create their own corporate government within the United States. And the IRS has made every hardworking American into a criminal guilty until proven innocent. The IRS was always seen as unconstitutional, but in 1913, the powers of the IRS were weaponized and made de facto law by the 16th Amendment, never properly ratified, which states that the government can collect a percentage of everyone's income. Over 50% of Americans refuse this unconstitutional amendment, but the IRS will come after you. They have a long reputation for targeting religious groups and political opponents, and it's only looking to get much worse. The Inflation Reduction Act guarantees more inflation with the billions of dollars required to be printed out of thin air. And while local police are defunded, 
so that violent criminals are set free, the IRS is being funded to hire over 80,000 new agents to make sure everyone is paying their taxes. And they have recently bought 5 million rounds of ammunition. They are building their own police force to execute search warrants, make arrests, and exert the use of deadly force. While many liberal progressives may argue that the crimes of the Federal Reserve are necessary, they are hurting people worldwide. Because it's the world's reserve currency, 40% of international transactions are in USD. And as the Fed continues pushing the illusion of a strong dollar, the rest of the world is made poor. If the Americans don't remedy the situation soon, then the international community has a reasonable excuse to get involved. The entire international fiat system is collapsing and the crooks responsible will be selling us a new centralized digital currency, which is obviously another trap. But the alternative is simple. Restore the constitutional republic to promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty with sound money backed by gold and silver. And the Fed, the IRS, the CIA, the FBI. It's written right there on your $100 reserve note. Whenever any form of government becomes destructive, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government that will most benefit their safety and happiness. What is the highest federal income tax any American should have to pay? Well, we, we should have the lowest tax that we've ever had, and up until 1913, it was 0%. What's so bad about that? Now, I would like to follow up on that because I think the question on taxes is generally misleading because anytime you spend money, it's a tax. You might tax, you might borrow, you might inflate. The vicious tax is attacking the American people, the retired people today, is the inflation tax. The devaluation of the currency, the standard of living is going down, and you need to address that. And that's so, why I want to make the inflation tax zero as well. So your answer is zero. Zero. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Greg Reese is a legend. Anyways, that being said, uh, we all saw what uh, the InfoWars report on the IRS, the corruption. The corruption in the uh, American Congress is uh, do as we say, not as we do. Uh, you have Hunter Biden running around making all sorts of deals. Nancy Pelosi on her NVDA uh, stocks making insane money. You have uh, Brian Mast and others in the in the house making insane money, uh, while the people are being targeted by the IRS. Mike, what do you say about this? It's it's going to continue until we do something about it. You know, uh, just look at Biden last week and his speech. Like the whole background was as if he was like Hitler 2.0, all red and black with soldiers standing by the side. This guy is just starting a, like his own revolutionary going on. Have you seen that picture? Um, I did see the picture. Yeah. It was it was a very weird. Uh, it was a very weird um, uh, a, a speech that he gave. I didn't understand that one either. And since you brought up I mean, Biden, I want to play this uh, this other clip. That uh, hello, Michigan. And there was much rejoicing. love that one get vaccinated Cass what do you think how do we stop this how do we exit this train how do we stop the corruption what do we do information is power and ignorance is bliss or not so blissful <clears throat> I think that if more people really understood 
these things like about what happened in 1913 with the formation of the Federal Reserve with Woodrow Wilson, with JFK trying to abolish the reserve and speaking of the abhorrence of secret societies that control our politics and control our money, especially. I just think that information is power. It's just like this whole thing of these polls coming out, the voters saying 70% or more, if they had known about Hunter Biden's laptop, their vote probably would have been different. I think the same exact principle applies here. If more people understood that the Federal Reserve was a privately owned bank that's lending money to the U.S. government, which then becomes our money supply, they would realize something desperately needs to change. They might vote differently. They might become more active, something. But I'm just a proponent of information being power and getting people to understand the truth of how our government functions. I, I'm hoping that this becomes adopted into some kind of conservative political agenda as well, whether it's under the MAGA movement or otherwise, and that once there's a critical mass of Congress people and senators who believe the same thing, we might actually have movement to abolishing some of these completely- IRS, absolutely. Yeah. The most invasive form of, uh, of uh, oppression is the taxation from the IRS. John, in, on your jolly little island, uh, you don't have the corruption that we do. You have different corruptions. What are some corruptions that are happening in uh, uh, with your elected politicians? Do you have that uh, in, in England? I think we're losing your audio, John. Sorry, yeah. I had to unmute when I coughed. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, over the last 100 years, we've been having the same two-party system swapping over each time. And this year, we almost, or the last election, we almost got a shift of a brand new party come up. The only problem is that the party didn't run enough candidates, but they actually had most of the first preference votes. But by the time they trickled down to the next counts and stuff, yeah, they all basically didn't have enough candidates to form a government out there. In do the you have place. corruption over there like we do here, where our Speaker of the House openly is engaged to the point where she has her own hashtag called Pelosi Trades? I don't know if it's that extent. Um, I don't hear much about that, but uh, there's a lot of government officials that they were taking backhanders of big property developers to get you know to to build apartment blocks and shopping centers and stuff. You know, and the, the money goes into the hands of their politicians. And yeah, like there's a lot of uh, hedge funds buying up properties to just to sit on them to so they gain in value or to charge extortionate rents like. Like an average three-bedroom house in Dublin now is two and a half thousand euro per month. I don't know how anybody is affording that. Like most average wages is between two and three thousand. You know, so they I don't understand like how it's BlackRock mm -hmm. there, huh? That's what's going on with BlackRock. They're just buying properties by the dozens and then holding it and charging God knows yeah. what. Back in the boom times of pre-2008, um, there was I think the, the same three bedroom house is two, two and a half grand is now it was 800 back then. And people were on much bigger wage then too, you know, because the times were good and there was a lot of money flowing then. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a massive, plus 42% of all, 42% uh, of all rental money from the landlords goes to the, goes to the government. So uh, they could really do something about the rent prices there. I think the same, same as happening in London, um, and other parts of the world too, but there's uh, there's uh, certain places like Germany. They have certain freezes in place to to stop them going up over a certain point, and that kind of thing. But I don't know. It's just it's I don't know how anybody's able to afford it. I thought eight years ago that it was it was going to blow the top off the rental markets, but they've been increasing ever since. I don't know who has the money for this. It's also but coupled with the fact that the banks won't lend any money since since two thousand eight. John, as far as corruption is concerned, as one of the 95% of the unfortunate world of not being American, what do you, uh, when you look at our house of house and you see people like, obviously you're involved in the stock market, when you see Nancy Pelosi making all this money hand over fist in the stock market, what do you say after you've witnessed America export uh, our form of democracy all over the planet and then our leaders are openly engaged in blatant corruption at the highest levels? What is my opinion on it? Obviously, I don't agree on it. Um, but I think the whole market itself is a is a big, massive scam because they're using fundamentals to to drive these things. Mm -hmm. You know, like the, for example, yeah, there was loads of examples of like in twenty twenty, they knew everyone was at home and they were bored and they were just went onto the stock market to try and make some more money. 
so they'll just let the market rally for ages, you know, and people are there holding on. Oh, this is only a new company. It's only just got going. It's when like Nio went from five quid to like to sixty five, and uh, you know, it's just it's just leading the whole thing was an, basically the whole thing is a big Ponzi scheme, and it's you going through cycles. Problem. You think that in the pandemic, the run that we had during the pandemic was was big hedge funds like BlackRock and um, and uh, uh, what's the fortress one? Uh, what am I thinking of? Van- not Vanguard. Uh, Vanguard is one. Citadel and Citadel yeah. pumping up companies, making them uh, uh, valuable to trick people into investing and holding bags so that they can later take them. That's what you're saying. Well, well, that's it. If you look at the March 2020 collapse. It was just like, oh, yeah, they announced about something about the pandemic and then the whole stock market just went straight down. And yeah, and if you look at the volume charts, you'll see the volume at that point was the greatest of any any buy ins of any of the run leading up to that. You know, so it was like that was all the big money getting in at those massive dips. If you look at all the dips throughout history, it's like always the best time to buy. It'll always recover. Even 2008, which was fairly bad, you can see the charts there. And they, they, only, they went down, like some of them went down 60 70%, but they all kind of recovered. Well, most of them did, anyway. I think we just lost Cassandra there. Um, okay. So uh, keep going. Yeah, what do you think, Mike? What do you think about corruption? And uh, oh, she's back. I'm here. Ah, Okay. I thought we lost you for a second. No. On that note, um, we are wrapping up this uh, segment on our Stocks and Cryptos edition. I want to go around the room one more time uh, with each of us. Uh, what is the most alarming thing that you see in the market, whether corruption or whatnot? What is the best trade where our viewers can make some money tomorrow, the next day, and the day after that? Mike, I'm going to start with you. you the floor is yours. Give us your, your, your best and your worst. Right now, I think the Chinese IPOs are absolutely insane. If you're looking for like a, a risky thing and you can maximize it, just look into the Chinese uh, IPOs coming out. They're going up like hundreds to thousands of percent in like a day or two. And then make sure you take your profits because it's not yours until you take it. That's great advice. Have you made any money with the Chinese? Uh, very small. I only got like one or two shares just to like have fun with it. And I quickly got out like by the end of the day. Every time I bought a Chinese stock, I felt that there was some guy in Hong Kong flying around saying, oh, silly American, we, we screw you. And I lost everything. I never made money on a Chinese stock. So that's yeah. a risky move for your last word recommendation. And, uh, and uh, what do you see as the worst thing happening in the market besides Chinese stocks? The worst thing is um, I see a lot of people are just over leverage, you know, like they, they, they don't know what they're doing. And there's so many companies offering like leverage trades to unprofessionals and they're just leveraging all their money at once. And they're right now, I know people in my not only just in my chat group, but like other people who have already been down over like 60 to 80 percent of their total cash holding in their positions. Right. On that note, a big shout out to all the Mike's Warriors out there tuning in. Mike runs a exceptional, exceptional stock trading group, Mike's Warriors, host of by Money with Mike. John, moving on to you, your best and your worst. Uh, the best, best crypto right now, I would say, would be Atom, Cosmos. Um, that's showing a lot of strength right now in this market. Um, I haven't done much research on it, but a lot of people who I know have, and their ecosystem is expanding. I really think they're going to get into the market with, with, with payments directly with people. Um, I've yet to do a lot of research on it, but uh, it's one, one of them I'm going to start um, stockpiling. I really don't see the market. I, I could see some ups and downs, or like some... Some increases on some blue chip type cryptos over the next uh, over the next few months, but in saying that the, the whole because the whole sentiment is down, I don't think we're going to have another run until like twenty twenty four, maybe late twenty three. coinciding with the halving, yeah, mm-hmm. that's 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 been the thing the whole time. I, I I can start to see that maybe some of them will start decoupling as as. As some cryptos are being used by actual people, you know, the, the adoption, that was the, that's the whole thing. 
Like I went crazy in 2017 about the whole adoption thing. And this is the thing that actually kept me in the market and, and watched all my stuff go down like 90% because I was such a believer in the crypto space and I knew it was the future. Um, so that this is this is where they get you to, you know? Like, don't be afraid to take profits, you know? Absolutely. Great last words. And on to our last of the evening. Cassandra, what is your best? What is your worst? Where can people make a buck? Where can people, and what pisses you off the most besides the lizard queen dying? Well, and on a good note. So what pisses me off the most is probably, like Mike said, I'm going to go suck in that, is the over-leveraged, um, the over-leveraged market and over-leveraged people kind of mucking up the market for the rest of us and ignorance in the market. And I would say the best part of the market for me are short-term high volume plays. So watch out for options and the high activity stocks like Shop, Boeing, NVIDIA, LCD, LCID, AMD, SPY especially. I'm all for the daily SPY plays. Are you, what are you playing tomorrow morning? I'm, uh, actually, I usually don't trade on Friday mornings, but I usually get out of my positions by Thursday. Um, so I've got nothing to play tomorrow. I'm holding on to Q. I'm, I have a, a, a triple Q I'm swinging until the middle of next week. And where can people right. find you on the internet? I like to call Fridays Bloody Black Friday. <laughs> Everybody wants to sell for the weekend so that they can go buy weed. The only thing you have left after playing this market is a little bit of money to buy weed. <laughs> as long as you have enough for the weekend, you're good to go. Uh, where can people find you, Cassandra? Uh, I am on Instagram, CP Fishkin, and you can email me at cast787 at gmail.com. You're going to get flooded with a bunch of people wanting stock advice after this show. Who knows? That, and if you're interested in microdosing, check out my website, embodyplantmed.com. There you go. On that note, I am Adam King. Thank you all for tuning in to the Adam King Show. We had a great time with our three amazing guests, our wonderful videos. Thank you, Greg Reese at InfoWars, Cassandra Fishkin, Money with Mike, and J.D. John Devine. Everybody, take care. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful evening. Thanks, Adam. Take care.